Welcome everybody to a clear and obvious podcast. Sam's doing his hair in the corner. Um, we are here for the England Euro 96 review as per. Um, we just finished watching the England-Holland game that was on last night. Uh, and boy, what a game it was. But yeah, the year that football almost came home. Um, Sam, we'll start off. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Just finished um, our law exam, which is pretty sick. How are you? Yeah, I know. That's, that's a big weight off my shoulders, I won't lie. Uh, less less law and more. Oh, I was trying to think of something to rhyme with law, but it, it, it was it wasn't coming. Um, yeah, no, it, it, we'll, we'll move on. Um, but yeah, no, how's, how's how's your week gone so far, Sam? We'll go into more depth. Um, yeah, no, it's gone right. Thanks. Just been uh, doing a lot of revision. Um, yeah, it's been full of revision, really. And um, yeah, and obviously recording the pod. So yeah, it's been quite quite an entertaining week. Certainly has. It certainly has. Uh, a very hot week at that. Uh, just turn me fan off, and I'm I'm feeling the effects. I won't lie. But anyway, we'll hop straight into the pod. We'll stop rambling about uh, how irrelevant our weeks have been um, because no one cares. Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to a clear and obvious podcast. <laughs> Um, so yes, uh, England 4-1 against Holland and honestly Sam, I'm going to kick things off and say it's the best England performance that I've seen. A full 90 minutes of, it was glorious. Uh, what, what, what were your initial thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, no, it, it was quite a magnificent performance to be uh, a side with the strength of the Netherlands with some top players, you've got Seedorf. You've got Van der Sar, you've got Kleiber on the bench. I mean, it's a brilliant team. And the, to dispatch them 4-1 with like little to no fight from the Netherlands, just incredible. Yeah, no, we, we absolutely slaughtered them. Um, which, I, I mean, if I didn't know the result, you go into that game and you look at that Holland team, as you say, you say also De Boer in there as well, along with the guys that you mentioned. Um, and obviously they just sent home Edgar Davids. Um, in the typical Dutch fashion of sending home good players. Um, but yeah, no, they had, they had Jordi Cruyff, who didn't impress me this game, but played well against Switzerland. Uh, and they just had such a talented team. But for England to come in against one of the favourites for the tournament uh, and just play them off the park, to be honest. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll go through the game in a little bit more depth. But overall, I mean, they didn't pose an awful lot of a threat. And England certainly deserved to really trounce them like they did. Yeah, no, I I agree. It was just just the complete uh, the complete performance. I mean, if we if we hadn't switched off quite near the end and let them score, a four 0 would have been um, would have been even better. But you know, knocking out Scotland, it's it's not a it's not a bad thing. I was just going to say, I think a four 0 wouldn't have been perfect. I think four one was perfect um, because I mean there were some England fans that were celebrating in the crowd when they found out that was knocking out Scotland. Uh, it, it was quite good because in the studio they were being quite diplomatic about it. They were like, oh, we, we really wish the Scots would go through. And they don't actually think that, do they? And uh, no, it, it knocks them out. Uh, they show the end of the Scotland-Switzerland game uh, where they're throwing everyone forwards and they don't score and it's very funny to watch. Um, but yeah, no, overall, uh, the fact that they, I think the fact that they got that last goal was just, just poetic. Um, but yeah, we'll... We'll, we'll run. We'll run through the game. So uh, England, an unchanged side, but a, a different formation, Sam. 
Yeah, no, they'd uh, reverted back to their system from the, the first game against the Swiss, playing a 4-1-2-1-2. Um, it's quite an hour of formation. Shall I run you through um, the players involved? I mean, it, it, was, it was unchanged. But, uh, that was sort of why I said that. But, I mean, you're more, you're more than welcome to. I just realised you said that. Yeah, no need. But, you know, <laughs> I think we should remind them, actually. So, um, Seaman was in goal. Um, our back four of Neville, Adam, Southgate and Pearce. Uh, Ince was playing in front of that defence in like the defensive mid spot with um, Anderton on the left and uh, McManaman on the right. But every game, you know, they switch sides. Um, Gascoigne was just in behind um, Shearer and Sheringham. And yeah, it was a solid, solid selection, but a selection that caused a bit of controversy. Certainly, you know, people people were wondering why he stuck with Darren Anderson was the was the one real sticking point. Uh, and on the basis of the first two games, I'd I'd agree. I'd I'd agree with their concerns over starting him because he he really hadn't been great. Um, but in this game against Holland, he certainly improved. Um, he showed the form that he can you know produce, and he showed that he can be a genuinely quality player on his day. Um, and yeah, he, he had a good game. Uh, he got better as the game went on. Um, but yeah, no, selecting him in hindsight wasn't a terrible, wasn't a bad uh, decision at all, in fact. Um, but we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through the game itself. So I, I kind of think Holland started the better of the two sides. They, they um, dominated a lot of possession. De Boer, everything was going through him and Bergkamp. Uh, they had a few good chances, um, but overall uh, couldn't capitalise on any of them. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree. Um, Netherlands started quite positively. Uh, they tried to create things. They came out of the blocks flying. But um, England definitely defended well and just uh, stopped them from creating too many chances, marked um, Burkamp quite tightly because he's obviously their main create uh, creator along with De Boer. De Boer was superb throughout the game and he was the one who looked to create the chances. But yeah... Um, Netherlands definitely came out of the blocks flying. Yeah, and um, no, it seemed like Hiddink could set his team up uh, perfectly, certainly at the start of the game, because they, they limited any of the balls going into Sheringham and Shearer. Uh, and they, they did a very good job of that early on, at least. Um, and they were able to, yeah, as you say, get it through their two main guys. And they really, uh, Jordi Koroff actually started the game very well out wide. Um, but they just sort of faded a little bit, I think. I mean, I, on balance, first half, they were probably the better of the two teams because we'll go on to the penalty in a minute. But even after the penalty, Holland were the ones coming forward and making things happen, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I, I'd, um, no I, I think I'd probably agree with that. I mean, they, they still came forward and made things uh, happen after the pen. But I feel like after the first 20 minutes, uh, England really started to grow in the game, uh, started to create chances of their own. And I think, it was a more balanced centre of the half, a bit more end-to-end. But um, I feel like they probably had the edge on first-half um, performance-wise. Yeah, um, but that, that meant nothing in reality because um, we went down the other end and uh, had a lovely attacking move and Paul Ince just nicked in to get ahead of... Who, who was it that gave away the penalty again? It was uh, Blind, the uh, father of Davy. That was it, yes. It was, it was Danny, Danny Blind. Uh, yeah, he tripped up Paul Ince as he came into the box. Uh, and Shearer stepping up against the quite menacing figure of Edwin van der Sar. Uh, Edwin van der Sar? Edwin van der Sar. Um, stepping up and he's just typical cool as ice. 
slightly in the bottom corner, uh, too far for his reach. And yeah, England probably lucky to go one nil up early, early on. But then, as you say, maybe progressed into the half. But um, yeah, any 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 thoughts on the first goal? Um, well, Paul Lynch does incredibly well. I mean, McManaman comes down the wing first of all, waits for Paul Lynch to make that run, which he, he does often. I mean, he's a defensive midfielder, but he often makes these darting runs forward. And the flick to get past Danny Blind was amazing. The way he just flicks it through um, just his leg, almost like a back heel. And it was just such a nice little flick. And Blind just didn't know how to react and just took him down. And... Uh, yeah, brilliantly dispatched by Shearer. Yeah, it's one of those ones where, and you'll know as a defender yourself, uh, it's one of, obviously not to the level of Danny Blind, but it's one of those ones where you can, you can sympathise with a defender because he's genuinely gone for the ball. He's just not seeing Ince come in with that delicate touch, as you say. Um, and yeah, no, you commented there on sort of Paul Ince and him playing in that holding midfield role. I'd, I'd more, in, in games that were dominating possession, I'd more refer to him as a box-to-box midfielder. Because he certainly looks to get forward on any occasion that he can. He's not your typical holding midfielder, especially as we see nowadays. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly likes to get forward a lot more. But yeah, he is, as you say, probably our one holding midfielder in that team. Yeah, no, he he does he does make a lot of runs forward. So I guess he, he is more box-to-box than your average defensive midfielder. But the way he uh, plays, sits in that defensive midfield where the, we're under a lot of pressure, I'd say... Uh, it's like his best position and he just does really well there yeah no but he yeah as you say he played really well um but I mean they, we we didn't look massively sturdy at the back for the majority of the first half at least uh, we were able to keep them out every now and then but there was one chance for me that really could have tipped the game and it was a ball played through to Bergkamp and he got just in behind and David Seaman pulls off a very underrated save because it almost looks like Burkamp, and I thought he should have. Mm-hmm. Burkamp was going to go for his trademark delicate little chip over Seaman because he come quite far out, um, but he sort of tries to tuck it in the near post, and Seaman just sort of follows it and tips around the post. Um, and that, if if they score that, that could really be the turning point of the game because this Dutch team are known for their comebacks and they're a genuinely quality team when they can get when they can get going. Um, but really, I mean, they, they did have a fair few chances. And I honestly thought at the end of that first half, we were lucky to... We, not lucky. Uh, we were thankful for that half-time whistle. Yeah, no, it, it, was a, um, it, it was a great chance. I mean, the ball came out of the top. Southgate just... He, he tries to head it back to save it. It doesn't quite work. He didn't really get the power to um, get it all the way back. And... Southgate got torn a bit of a new one by Bergkamp in that first half. He was run ragged, but he he did his job when required. But uh, and he didn't let them score, of course. But um, yeah, Bergkamp definitely had the um, won the first half on him. That's for sure. Yeah, no, completely. He, um, I I'd say uh, it was a great save by Seaman, but I'd say that I think Bergkamp probably should have scored that. Um, and you obviously can't pick pin the Dutch downfall in this game on him missing that chance because their second half was so poor and we were so dominant. Um, but that first half, to be 1-0 up, I'd say we were fortunate, not necessarily lucky, but I think we were fortunate to be 1-0 up considering the the you know the magnanimity of that chance, really. Um, and no, going, going into the half, um, it was coming out into the second half, there wasn't necessarily this thought that we'd go on and kick on and get a few more goals. Uh, far from it, in fact. The general expectation was we haven't seen what this Dutch team can really do. 
Um, and we still haven't. Uh, at least, at least, at least against England in this game, um, because we we came out of the blocks and we were fabulous. We really were. We were fantastic coming out of the gates. Um, the atmosphere for this game, I'd just like to add, was unbelievable. It was almost like it was it was split fifty fifty with Dutch fans and English fans. It was just like a sea of orange, uh, and it made for a really good atmosphere, I'd say. But yeah, um, talk 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 us through the talk us through the second goal, Sam. Uh, it, it was a brilliant second goal. Um, Teddy Sheringham got it, and uh, we won a corner on the um, left-hand side. Uh, G- Gaza, Paul Gascoigne took the corner. Really good delivery, actually. But the header, oh my goodness, what what a header it was! He didn't even he barely left the ground. He just got the he got the better of his man, and he he just plants a header into the top corner. I mean, into the bottom corner. It's just such a brilliant brilliant header bear in mind he didn't have the leap to generate the power he generated so much power from like standing still and an absolutely brilliant goal that um the goalkeeper could do nothing about no completely it was a yeah as you say it was a great whipped in ball from Gaza but it, it still left Sheringham with all of it to do and uh it was yeah the way he was able to generate such power and to get it past Van der Sar and someone on the line there was no there wasn't that was it, because I knew they made a point about someone being on the line. I just couldn't remember if it was for the goal or one that had been cleared off the line, because there was one that was cleared off the line in the first half, wasn't there? And am I right in thinking that was also Sheringham? Uh, the, fir- the one the first half, Shearer had a shot blocked off the line by a, a Witschger, I think his name is. And um, yeah, in the second half, they decided, yeah, well, it works for the first half, but there's no need to put one on in the second. And uh, yeah, they paid for that mistake. There you go. You should you should have a word with Gus Hilling, mate, because that is that's poor from him. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Sheringham getting his first first goal of the tournament, and his he he had a headed goal coming because he missed a ton of them against Scotland. He missed one against Switzerland, and it was like for God's sake, and his man just score a header, and finally he did, uh, and it was it was certainly deserved because this game, I don't know about you, but he stepped up massively, and we'll we'll, we'll go on to talk about it more after we review the rest of the game, but. Um, he, he really stepped up and his link-up play with Shearer was some of the best I've seen. It was, it was delightful. Some of the passing. Uh, he, was, he was almost, I don't, I don't want to go on too far, but he was almost emulating the kind of performance you expect from a bird camp down the other end. Because it was, it was a clinical performance coupled with a creative performance. It, it, it was just a blend of a really, really good performance from him. I've, I've said performance a few times. I'm aware of that. Uh, I, I couldn't think of another word. Game, that would work. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he he had a great game, uh, and yeah, he, he he showed up finally, which is which is good to see because uh, Shearer needed some help, and boy did he get it. Yeah, he he was phenomenal. It was one. Of, it's probably his best performance in an England shirt, um, probably in his entire career. He was he he was it, it was so much improved. He like in the Switzerland and. Scotland games. I mean, yes, he was better in the Scotland game, but it was still uh, like an average performance, and like you don't that you wouldn't really expect from him. And there were a lot of people that were calling to drop him for this game, but he, he proved the um, doubt was wrong and really stepped up when needed. Completely. So um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go on. Sorry, there's an ambulance that just went past. You can probably hear it. Um, this is the perks of having your window open onto a main road. Uh, apologies. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we've got, we got on to the third goal. And this was, I'd say, the pick of the bunch. It was gorgeous. It was, uh, Gaza got the ball. 
uh, he made a lovely little run. I think the ball was put through to him, and then uh, he made a lovely little run just down the far side. And you kind of expected in that in that Gazas kind of scenario when he's normally making that running on goal to find a shot out somewhere. Uh, but he so he selflessly pulled it back to uh, to Sheringham, who you're like, ah, oh, okay, he'll, he'll shoot now. He doesn't shoot either. Sort of faint, faints to shoot, sells the defender, plays one more into the path of Shearer, and the finish from Shearer is actually very underrated because he needs to tuck it. Uh, high as well into that near post to keep it out of the reach of the lanky old Edwin van der Sar. And um, he, he, he really, uh, he finishes it well. And it's, it's classic Shearer finish. But it, it, that was my favourite goal of the bunch. I don't know about you. It, it was a brilliant team goal. Uh, one, of the, one of the best, probably, yeah, one of the, probably the best goals so far in the tournament for me. I mean, the... Just so good from Gascoigne, start the strength to shrug off his defender as well, and then Sheringham just the he looks like the dummy to shoot, and then just to like move like change the angle of his foot to play in Shearer, who just smacks into the top corner. Such a brilliant goal, really is. It was it was beautiful to watch. It was it was that total football that the Dutch like to play, and they they said it a lot in commentary, but we we used their system against them because we were playing just such a complete game and we were playing the ball around so delightfully that it just, they didn't know what to do. And it, it was something that they clearly hadn't come up against, uh, certainly against England before. Uh, and we really, really played it against them well. Uh, that, and that, that goal really epitomises that. Uh, but yeah, 3-0 up against the Dutch and you're thinking this, this, this can't really be happening. You're hearing that the, the Scotland game Scotland game, Ali McCoy scored uh, in the first half. Uh, yeah, Scotland finally got a goal in this tournament. And um, they, they actually stood a chance of going through. Uh, well, <laughs> they didn't. But uh, it's, it's nice that they had hope. Um, anyway, uh, we'll, move on. we'll move on to the fourth goal. We might as well get through the goals because this was a Darren Anderton uh, special, this. He comes in 25 yards out, drills it. It's a brilliant save from Van der Sar. But unfortunately for him, he parries it back into the middle. Uh, and and it was it was Sheringham again who just got in front of a defender to nick it past him into the bottom corner, um, and four 0 up against the Dutch at Wembley. I mean, pandemonium. Absolute limbs. I mean, everyone's going crazy. They're just absolutely singing their hearts out. Football's coming home. Uh, swing low, sweet chariot. Yeah. Everything's going mental. And um, yeah, a really. Unlucky goal for Van der Sar. Um, Anderson's shot was deflected, which made the shot, uh, the yeah, made it even harder to save for Van der Sar. And he does so well. But I feel uh, a lot of people could see it going to be critical, saying he's put it in a dangerous area. But it's just a reaction save, really. Yeah. And it's a very good one at that. So he's he's unlucky in that regard. And the defender could do nothing to stop Sheringham coming in and powering it home. Completely. No, it was it was a. Uh... It wasn't one of the prettiest goals, but he had to be there to score. It was a typical poacher's goal, uh, and, it, and it capped off a deserved second goal for Sheringham. Um, and then, then we're thinking, okay, it's 4-0 here. Um, surely, surely they're out of sight. They finally bring a wonder kid, uh, Patrick Cliver. Took him ages to. Obviously, he's just coming back from a, uh, a cruciate ligament injury. But... Um, they, they finally bring him on. You, I thought they should have brought him in at about 2-0, to be honest with you, if they weren't going to start him. Uh, but they didn't, and thankfully they didn't. 
uh, but thankfully they did bring him on because the ball gets played into Bergkamp, and it was a uh, it was a lovely little Bergkamp flick. Uh, I think it was over Southgate. I think it was one of the many times he had him on strings that game. I think it might have been over Southgate and uh, put through to Clover, and he nutmegs Seaman and goes in. I've never oh, I can't I can't slate him too much, but uh, it was it was a good goal, and unfortunately it put Scotland out, uh, much to the despair of the England fans some of whom were celebrating that goal in, in the crowd. You need to get rid of this Scottish agenda. I mean, what is it? They, you, you have such a big agenda against uh, the Scottish national team, I, the Scottish league. <laughs> I don't have an agenda against them. It's just funny. It's just entertaining to watch because, you know, it, uh, it's just funny, isn't it? It's great because they kick lumps out of the Dutch in the first game. Um, they kick lumps out of us in the game that we played against them. So just to see, just that little little glimmer of happiness that came through, aside from us going through top of the group and beating the Dutch four one, it's nice. It's a nice little side note. But yeah, it is unfortunate for them. Uh, or on a realistic note, it is unfortunate that they didn't go through. Not that they deserved to. I mean, they they worked very hard. Their their team was just like if you looked at their team, it wasn't good enough to go through. Yeah, and they did so well. They didn't. They didn't lose a game. Wait, they lost to us. They they drew to the. <laughs> you know that they drew to the Dutch, which is like such a brilliant achievement. Admittedly, their tactics were questionable, but a win's a win at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, a draw's a draw at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Yeah, just I'm going to stop trying to defend the Scottish. I mean, every time. Your trench goes wrong, so... Yeah, <laughs> no, um, no. On, on a realistic note, uh, not trying to be anti-Scottish here. Uh, your, your team, their team's not great now, but at that point, it stood a chance of going through in a tough group, and they nearly did. So, as an English fan who's experienced so much heartache, you can feel for them. But on the opposite note, if it was Scotland going through and us getting knocked out, they'd be celebrating through the early hours of the morning. So, it's, it's both ways. Um but yeah, no, it, that that goal uh, and the country team actually it was quite, it's quite funny. Uh, I've got a couple of Kevin Keegan classics again because him is a cut commentator. A, a he does bring some genuinely good insight. But B it's hilarious um, because he just sort of uh, he think he's he's trying he's trying to work out whether Scotland are going through or not, and um, he just he just sort of sorry, I've just dropped my phone and he just sort of goes. Um, I, t- I, t- I tell you what, Brian, it's hurting my brain. I'm trying to work it out. I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think they're through. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's classic Keegan. Um, but yeah, they, they had it confirmed that they weren't going through. And finish 4-1. Fowler got a run out. Barnby got a run out. Uh, Paul Lintz came off to give Platt about 20 minutes or so, which you'd end up playing against Spain uh, in, our, in our quarterfinal game. But um yeah, four-one. What a win! English, England's greatest performance that I've I've seen us play. Um, who's your man of the match? Well, I'm going for. <clears throat> well, I had a lot of debate over this. It was um, for well, for England. There were two to choose from. Of course, it was either Sheringham or Shearer, and I've gone for. I, I'm going to go for Shearer because I know you want to choose Sheringham just so just so that we can uh, be different. But yeah, Shearer. He scored two goals. They're both brilliantly taken. He dispatched his penalty very well. He's uh, finished for the third or fourth? Third goal. Yeah, third goal was very was very good. Um, throughout the game, he bullied his defenders. He was uh, His link-up with Sheringham was very good. Um, 
after he scored twice, he didn't start giving the ball away sloppily like Sherry. Um, and uh, yeah, a complete striker's performance. I don't see any need to dig at Sheringham because I was actually going to go along and say Shearer was uh, incredible and we certainly need to give him one of his man of the matches because he's top scorer of a tournament. Um, so but I wanted to give it to Sheringham because he got two goals and an assist and I can't ignore his link-up play because it was unbelievably good. Like It didn't matter that he gave away the ball every now and then because he, his link-up play, he needed to do that. He needed to be... That uh, not necessarily luxury player, but that enigma of a talent going forwards, uh, and a ball went into him, and you you couldn't have him doing the same work as Shearer, otherwise they'd both be completely puffed out, and they'd have no one to have any sort of interplay with. Um, but for me, yeah, Sheringham was the man of the match. Um, just for reference, he was given man of the match, so uh, I'd pipe down if I were you. Um, but yeah, no, she- Shearer also played very well. Uh, both of them could have got it. Any of those England players could have got it. Um, well, not any of them, but those two certainly deserved it. Aaron Anderson couldn't have got it. <laughs> Technically, you got an assist. Well done. Give him a round of applause. I mean, flipping Borjan can pass to Messi. Messi can score. Well, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> can we not slate Darren Anderson? Can we just have <clears throat> one, one podcast where we're really positive about everyone in this England team? They were all brilliant. Adams was great. Neville was brilliant again. Ince was spectacular. Gazza looked like proper Gazza. Anderton played well. McManaman played well. Everyone played well. Sam, Sam, everyone played well. I mean, question marks over Southgate and Anderton's first half, but total yeah, football. I mean, total football. overall, overall, yeah, we it was a complete performance. To be fair, <clears throat> no, it, it certainly was. Um, so <laughs> there were there were. <laughs> There's three things, really, that weren't necessarily game-related, but I've highlighted just because... And we like to do this every now and then, just because we obviously weren't alive at the time, as we've said, and it's quite funny listening back to some of the things that the punditry team and the commentary team are saying. Uh, so at the start of the game, uh, they prior to the game, they've gone through all these devastating headlines, uh, the pictures of them out in Hong Kong and all this sort of thing, all fairly unnecessary. Um and then um, after, after, no, that's it, before the game, <laughs> Kevin Keegan's in the co-commentary and uh, they're doing the handshake. And if someone can confirm this to us, please, please let us know. Because we don't know when this law came in of teams, or this, sorry, this tradition of teams handshaking before a game. But Kevin Keegan talks about it as new. And he also says that, it, and I quote, if this happened in my day, I'd have broken one of the fingers. And I don't, I don't see the need for a co-commentator to be threatening people. Um, but it's, it's, it's all part of the fun. I, lo- I love Keegan. He's class, honestly. You've got on mute, Sam. Sam, you're on mute. Oh, no. We had a chat about oh, it, no. didn't we? We figured <laughs> it was going to happen at some point. Your laptop's playing up. You're always going to go on mute. Do you want to just replay that? Yeah. Um, he, he brings a lot of laughs and... Um, a lot of he, he does bring insight. He 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 is an interesting uh, co-commentator with who has a lot more knowledge than some of the co-commentators nowadays. <laughs> Steve McManaman, sorry, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm a cough. Alan Smith, oh, again, <laughs> sorry, um, but um, yeah, uh, he 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 has a lot of insight and yeah, he he's definitely good fun. Probably in those days though. Um, they thought um, they were probably thinking, "Oh yeah, I break his hand as well," or some of that. I don't know what, what, that what was that accent, Sam? Sam, what was that? That was that was dreadful. That sounded, that sounded like more Welsh. Um, what, trying, to go, trying to go Geordie? 
Yeah, I can't do it. No, let's let's not offend any Geordies or Welshmen or Jamaicans yeah. out there because it had a bit of a Jamaican twang about it. Um, <laughs> it was a little bit was a little bit Jamaican, but um, no, you, you talk about I. I'm going to give you a word of advice just 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 for the minute. So the industry we want to go into, I'm not going to necessarily recommend slating the people that are currently in it. Um, but you know, do, uh, you do you, mate. Um, I'm going to stick to it. But Manolan. Alan Smith, both, both amazing, amazing co-commentators. Um, <laughs> moving, moving on swiftly to a pundit who I can safely say, without being a threat in my career at this point, um, is terrible, uh, was Jack Charlton. Because post-game, right? And <laughs> oh I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't brought this up to you yet. Um, but post-game, um, and I don't think any of his, I don't think either Bob Wilson or uh, John Barnes in the studio pick up on it. But he talks about the score. And he goes, yeah, England, deservedly, you know, what was it, 4-2? And they both just sort of blank look at him and he goes, yeah, it was 4-2, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they, they did brilliantly. He goes, oh, it wasn't, wasn't 4-2, was it? What was it? Oh, no, it was, was 4-2. Three times he checks himself to know what the score is and he still doesn't get it right. I love it, honestly. It, it, he, does, he does make me laugh. It, it was fun. No, it's because they were talking about 1966 and the last time England scored four goals and that game was 4-2. Yeah. And he was just trying to check, like, he, he at first he said the um, he said that it was 4-0, the England-Netherlands game. Oh, he, he was, he's just like, I reckon he drinks before he, he goes live. It was all over the place, yeah. He was certainly a better player, because an incredible player. But a, a better, incredible player, a less incredible pundit. Um, yeah, John Barnes actually brings some insight, and uh, Jack, Jack Charlton didn't. We'll put it that way. The Graham Sooness of his day. A very Graham Sooness. Um, but yeah, no, the other, the other thing that made me laugh as well was um, post-match interview with Shearer and Sheringham. And Shearer just has the biggest hump. Honestly, he's just sat there and he's just grumbling and he, he kind of looks like he might want to kill the interviewer. Uh, he Honestly, he's got this face of thunder. And I don't get how you can have a face of thunder like that after beating Holland 4-1. But uh, it, was, it was all the media, media stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, the media had been stirring headlines for weeks, saying England have no proper goal scorer, despite our four forwards in the team being Sheringham, Premier League legend, Shearer, all-time leading. I mean, not at the time, but they were tops. Like they had to score like yeah. goals before the tournament to like be up to that level. So they had Shearer, top scorer, Sheringham, Fowler. And flipping uh, Ferdinand, I mean, four brilliant strikers who could have literally walked into the majority of teams in the world. I mean, they were brilliant strikers, and but yeah, no real scorer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah, clearly, clearly we didn't have one. Um, but no, it was so. This England team, it seems to really be growing with the tournament because they bear in mind they hadn't played a competitive game of football since 1992 because we didn't qualify for the World Cup of 94 so it had been four years since we played a competitive game we just and of course we didn't have to play any qualifiers for this because it was our home tournament so they weren't competitive either or we didn't none of them were competitive games at least so it didn't matter so we hadn't played a competitive game for the best part of four years and we're coming into this tournament with lofty expectations that it is a legendary manager as Terry Venables is, uh, and being in your home, being in your home nation for a European Championships, 
and to to absolutely play a team like the Netherlands off the park like we did uh, is a incredible feat and probably England's best ever game I, I've seen us play because it was just unbelievable. And yeah, we were growing into the tournament, and um, we we yeah this this was probably the peak. Yeah, it it was a momentous moment and a a brilliant game. Um, really, just you know. Who's <laughs> <laughs> who's joined the podcast? It's, uh, it's my dad, Steve. Hey. Hello, Steve. Cool. Hello. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to get my lead. That's fine. This. this is amazing. I won't get this anywhere else. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even know what to say now. Do you want to ask Steve his thoughts on the game? Does he remember it? Uh, Dad, what were your thoughts on the England Netherlands game? I'll, I'll get you on. That goal from um, Shearer, the uh, fourth goal there, and third goal, yeah, sharing and pass. I think that pass was just one of the defining moments of the whole tournament. Absolutely brilliant precision. And uh, I thought it was an epic game. That was the best England performance, I think, for about 20 years. So highly enjoyable. I remember watching it when I was six years old. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve. Hope, hope you're well. Um, yeah, there we there we go. There's there's insight from the man himself. Uh, what a game it was! Really, it was it was truly truly spectacular. And these these are the wonders you get with a clear and obvious podcast. Um, should we should we should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's, we, we gotta end it on a high because that that's that's the highlight of our podcast so far. My, my head is completely gone. <laughs> right, I'll wrap it up for us. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we've got a couple of hopefully a couple of interviews coming up. Um, you know, we'll wait wait to hear on those uh, ifs, buts, and maybes. Um, got a couple of things in the pipeline. We'll continue doing Euro '96. I believe the Spain games on Saturday. So we'll get that out. Um, hopefully, this is out on Thursday if I've been bothered to edit it. Um, but we, we we can all we can all dream. And yeah, Sam, do you want to do you want to say goodbye to our, our listeners? Yeah, thanks thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, download, whatever you need to do. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.